All right, here we are at the Stripe Show podcast, welcoming in my third wide receiver, NFL wide receiver on the podcast, uh, wide receiver for the New York Giants, Golden Tate. But Golden, before I bring you in, you're always going to be a Seattle Seahawk to me because as my followers know and listeners, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm a a big 12th man and um, I was beyond excited when we drafted you in the second round from Notre Dame. So I appreciate you taking the time coming in, man. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and just so you guys know that I, I will always be a Seahawk deep down. Um, <laughs> okay, good. You know, although I'm not, I'm not playing with the team now. Seattle will always have a, a place in my heart, a big place in my heart. You know, that's where it all began, and uh, that's why I, I, I won my first Super Bowl, and also Seattle's only Super Bowl. So um, a special bond there. It is, and I, and I tell you, yeah, you you uh, were a huge part of delivering the only Super Bowl to that fan base. And um, can you just can you give us just a little feel? what it's like to play in that stadium i mean the stadium is a pretty special place at least it is for me going there a couple times a year you know uh just really the the entire city um was pretty special especially during the time i was there i mean the tech it was during kind of the the tech boom so Mm -hmm. technology and microsoft was just you know going crazy out there and then uh, obviously uh the football team we were you know starting to hit our stride and we ended up obviously winning the Super Bowl but that that stadium is electric I mean that I mean some of the experiences like the beast quake and beast mode quake or whatever you want to call yeah. it was just to be to be in the stadium on the sideline experiencing that is something just that will be talked about for generations I'm mm-hmm. sure uh, some some of the personnel that we played with we had some characters I mean we had <laughs> Richard Sherman we had Marshawn Lynch we had Earl Thomas Cam Chancellor, Cliff Averill, Red Bryant, uh, Brandon Brown, and mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. I mean, we had some fantastic characters. I mean, that, that was entertaining just to watch. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, nothing but great things to say. And, and on top of that, John Snyder and, and, and Pete Carroll, pretty fun guys to be around as well. So, really, really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. And one of the best tight ends I think we've had in, in Zach Miller. He was he was a uh, he was a special player as well. That was fun. I you know it's just crazy to me to hear to be sitting here talking to you about it. You know I haven't missed a game and probably since I I can ever remember. And um, now you're in uh, now you're in New York. Um, Giants and changes going on there. Of course Eli Manning um, moving on. Daniel Jones now going to his second year. And um, you know Daniel's a golfer too, right? Doesn't he play? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to get out with him just because last year you know when he he got drafted. It was like in April, I think. It was like late April or early May when he got drafted. And as a rookie, the last thing I was going to do was, you know, with him being a rookie, the last thing I was going to do was take him away from the playbook, you know. And I was like, no, no. So th- this year, I'm sure we'll get out a little bit. And I'll get some of that rookie money from him. <laughs> some of that rookie money. Speaking of money, I got to bring this up. I had it I had it later into the into the podcast here, but let's let's bring it up. I had Bob Minery on um, a couple weeks ago. And um, I actually got his undivided attention for like 10 minutes. So I felt really good about that yeah and and i I brought up a story i said you know you like to play for a little bit of money on the golf course but didn't didn't golden tate take you for uh, a couple thousand dollars i mean he didn't want to talk about it too much so i figured i'd let you talk about it yeah so uh bob and i've had you know three money matches i I call it uh the first one was kind of early in his i guess career he was just not getting started uh you know making a name for himself and it was you know rising rapidly and so uh, he hit me we we connected via one of the social medias. I don't know. 
Uh, but anyway, so you know, I had had him out to my course. He brought a you know brought a whole camera crew, and the dude brings his own caddy. Brings a caddy. I mean, they, and the caddy was lights out. I'm talking about the kid. The guy was just draining everything. The guy was in, in perfect lines. Like he was hitting the center of the cup from five feet. He was hitting the center of the cup from 15 feet, and it was pissing me off. So the first time we played, he kicked my tail, um, you know, at my course. So that kind of hurt my feelings. He okay. took a decent amount of money, um, you know, while he was while he was drinking Fireball. And tell me who drinks what? What person over 22 drinks Fireball in 2020? I guess it's, as you know, actually, it's probably 2019 at this point. It's weird, but anyway. So he got me that time. So I, I we ended up having another match. I can't remember. Uh, I think a next match might have been in Arizona in at Silverleaf, maybe. Or Whisper Rock, and and I think we, I think that ended up being a push or something like that. And then our third match was at yep. Riviera. Um, I remember that out in LA, and I, 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 th- I think I got the best of them there. And I think that's where I want to, I, you know, want a decent, decent amount of money. I don't, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I've, I've taken three, four grand off of it. Okay. Closer okay. to one or two, something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy being around Bob. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's hilarious. Um, he's doing, he's, he's doing his thing. Um, and we've become, we've become good buddies. I mean, this guy, I don't know how he keeps up with all his friends. I mean, if he's friends with everybody and he checks yeah. up on everybody. So I, I think that's, yeah, he's cool. a fun guy. I love, I love yeah. talking to him. He, he's busy. He's killing it. His stuff is, uh, uh, it's so funny. I mean, I told him, I was like, you know, the first time I watched your video, a buddy of mine came up to me on the 18th green. We just got done playing, shook hands, and he goes, hey, watch this. And I sat there and I watched his videos a while back. And we just sat there and watched videos on fun, on, the, mm-hmm. on the green for like 10 minutes, just laughing our ass off. And uh, that was my first interaction with him. So he took some time with me a couple weeks ago. And so I had to, we had to meet him a little bit. He might, he'd probably tune in a little bit knowing that you're going to be on uh, on the podcast. But let's talk about, let's talk about your game, Golden. You, uh, you grew up in Tennessee. Um, you know, everybody knows you as, uh, you know, a top wide receiver in the NFL now for many years. Um, Seahawks, we talked about, Lions, Eagles, Giants. But you were a good baseball player, too. You actually, you played baseball at Notre Dame, too, didn't you? Both football and baseball? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually drafted after my senior year in high school by the Arizona Diamondbacks, I believe in, like, the 42nd round. And I found out that I was drafted like via Facebook at the time. Someone said, Hey, you got drafted by the, you know, congrats. Really? And I'm like, what? Huh? I got no one, no one ever contacted me uh, to let me know. But, uh, you know, that's how I found out. Uh, obviously, uh, I, it, it didn't take me very long to just, you know, say no. And, and besides I'm going to college, I, I just don't think I was ready to be around grown men playing, playing baseball. So I went ahead and went, went to um, Notre Dame where they allowed me to play, um, both sports, as long as our, our grades were decent enough. Um, so I played played in Notre Dame for two years, and then I, yeah, after my second year of baseball, it was you know going to my third year of football. I, you know, I ended I entered the draft, the NFL draft, early as a junior. So um, traded by Seattle Seahawks, and and sure enough, um, after my rookie or during my rookie year, whatever it is, is either after or during my rookie year, I, I was drafted. I think in the in the later round um, by the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. The, the, the year that they won, they won the uh, World Series, too. So at the time, I was like, man, dang it. I should have went and played baseball. I would have had me a World Series ring. Little did I know that uh, a couple years yep. later, I'd be winning a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, but I, I really enjoyed uh, baseball. Mm. Baseball is probably my first love. It was the first sport that my parents had put me in. And me just being a sports freak, all I wanted to do was go outside and play some type of sport. Um, you know, and I was blessed enough just to be gifted athletically where, you know, I, 
I was obsessed with it, but I didn't have to work at it as much, mm -hmm. but I did because it was fun. So, um, you know, I'm very, very thankful that my parents put me in, in baseball first because I, I think um, it actually developed me into the football player that I am. The hand-eye coordination um, for, for a large part of my career, you know, going back from you know, when I was a little giant all the way up until a few years ago, um, yeah. I was a deep threat. And so, like, I, I could time any any pass out. I can go jump and catch it, uh, at, you know, on top of guys just, just because of pure timing. So, uh, you know, I owe that all to, I think, you know, catching, you know, baseballs in outfield and, and paint. Yeah, you know, it's always – when I like every time I watch you play Golden, you know, obviously in Seattle, it, like, you're one of a handful of players that looks like is already starting his move before he catches it. You know, like, and usually, like, that could be a bad thing. Like, people start to anticipate and they drop it. But for you, it's like, it's like you catch it already mid-flow of what your next move is going to be. Like, you anticipate what's going to happen so well. And I, like, there's not many guys that do that. But is, is that accurate? I mean, are you, is that something that is accurate with, you know, kind of what you're doing out there in the wide receiver position? Absolutely. Um, it's... You know, as a veteran guy who's been playing around, playing a while, yeah. I, I understand the game. I understand what what coaches are teaching DBs as far as techniques, and so not every pass I, I, I'm capable of. You know, making a move before I catch it, or you know, right before. But um, I, I got a good, a pretty good feel, and kind of a lot. A lot goes into it. One, one, you want to practice it in practice. That's when you want to execute all these different jukes and moves and and, and whatever you want to try that in practice and so i've just i've gotten good enough where you know mm -hmm. in practice so one thing i've learned is you know based off the ball if the ball is placed up and above um you know outside of my frame that's when i can i can extend hit the brakes and turn back the other way or stutter step whatnot obviously with a body ball um you know ball that's on your body it's, it's hard to do that but one of the things that someone told me in seattle when i was a rookie or second year player is that uh bobby yeah. ingram used to do this he says when the ball was coming his way when he came out of his break he would take he would just take a mental picture of like where defenders were when he came out of his break and kind of would have to use his imagination on but you know by the time he caught the ball and made his move where they would be and that's one thing that i just kind of started incorporating into my yeah. into my my game and it's you know, for a while I struggled at it um, in practice. I, w I would drop, you know, more balls and, you know, uh, it I kind of almost gave up on it, but I stayed with it. And once I made that breakthrough where, where the game was, I was confident enough to play, play, you know, run my route, but also confident enough to like make these moves. I, I started breaking more tackles and then like, next thing you know, um, you know, my, my, the biggest part of my game became being a yak type of player. And that, yeah. what that means is yards after the catch and, uh, you know, one that's one of the yep. things I've I've been known for in this league over the last several Bobby years. That's a great comparison, I mean, I remember him well. Played uh, for the Seahawks for many years, and you know, this elusiveness that you right. have made you such a great punt returner. I miss I miss watching you return punts so slippery um, back there. But you know, through this journey of football and baseball, when, when it when when did golf start? Like, where, where did it start for you? So I, I got another funny story. Um, so my my grandfather okay. was a huge golfer, and I used to think golf was absolutely <laughs> stupid you're, you're, you're going backwards um i used to think golf was stupid i was like like who in the world would want to just sit around of course walking around <laughs> hitting the ball every now and then you know i was just i i wanted to play baseball football basketball anything with running yep. around use your hands and feet 
anyway, so long story short, my grandfather used to play a lot, and I go out to the course and hack. You know, I, I like the driving range. I just rapid fire, blast off balls. Anyway, so fast forward to about 07, um, you know, uh, at Notre Dame, we had this nine-hole course, on, you know, on campus that you can walk to. Hey, seven seven bucks or something like that. Great deal. And and to me at that point, I didn't I didn't know the difference between playing uh, the Notre Dame course to play in Augusta. I just knew it was grass, a hole, a pin. That was that. Thought that thought they're all okay. the same. So that's that's where I kind of started. And uh, I, I'm left-handed, and so my I'm left-handed, but my grandfather only had right-handed clubs, and he wasn't gonna buy me clubs. He, you know, was practicing enough. But anyway, so um, I I actually started holding the golf club as if it was a left-handed club. Mm-hmm. So I was left-hand low, um, but I was using right-handed clubs, and it looked so janky. People would be standing, you know, behind me, and they'd think I'm about to hit hit at them. <laughs> But um, so I start I started playing in uh, at Notre Dame, on, you know, during the summer because we'd be the only kids on campus. And you know, next thing you know, I got drafted into Seattle, where Seattle has a bunch of amazing courses. You just got to find, yep. you just got to play them in the right season, which is you know a very small window. But we had you know some great courses. So and we had some great golfers on our team as well: Brian Walters, Steve Hauschka, Jordan Babineau was a good one. Um, Hasselback was was a solid player. So I started playing with those guys once I got to the league, and that's when I started to get it. Um, I started to, you know, I started to think all the gear I got was going to help my game. Meantime, I'm, I'm still, I'm still cross-handed. So, you know, one in every 10 shots, I might hit one straight, but I loved it. I loved it. It was challenging. It was easy on my body. Um, so you're playing cross-handed, right-handed, but cross-handed, left-hand low. Okay. okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So I'm, ho- I'm holding right-handed clubs. Mm-hmm like a lefty <laughs> yeah so yeah so I, I that's where i developed like a passion for the game and as each year went on i started to you know get more and more in depth and it started getting i realized that for me that golf might be the only sport that you have to have instruction like you can go around and feel your way you know and figure out how to shoot a basketball or catch a ball or even bowl you can figure out how to be decent at that but golf it's i feel like it's completely backwards if you want the ball to go right you need to pretty much swing left and, and yep. vice versa for, for me uh so I, I started i started to get instruction and started to get better and no one could teach me no one could teach me like i look honestly i don't, I don't know what to tell you you know you're cross-handed i just don't know so, um, you know, I, I continue to just to kind of grind and figure it out myself. And, you know, fast forward to about 2016, um, I went through this slump. I would go through these slumps where, like, I couldn't even hit the ball in the air for some reason. It was probably, a, you know, multiple reasons. So I say, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to learn the quote unquote the correct way to play. And so I just took like two weeks of just banging balls, um, you know, at the range before I played. And, uh, you know, obviously you had to kind of start over with, you know, distance and distance control and all that mm. stuff but it kind of came quick it kind of came quick so um i just i stayed at it and, and, and changed my grip and next thing you know i my index dropped from probably a 20 to 16 and then a 16 to a 13 and you know here i am sitting at a nice a 8.5 nice. trending up which is yeah i'm okay was, with that because i mean first uh, off but, uh, big play babs plays golf just makes my day uh i, I had no idea mm-hmm. um you know he was the cowboy killer in in seattle i mean he just made yeah he was the he was he oh, was the big yeah. play that uh, you know tackling romo of course and the and the fumbled snap but he made he made other plays um as well we'll save that for another day but you know this 8.5 index i, I think did i not see a tweet from you a confident tweet beginning of the year talking that you were ready to like start beating some of your friends' asses on the golf course. So is that has that transpired? I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. 
Encore provide some of the most cutting-edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. Uh, you had to bring that up, huh? So another, so I, when I when I tweeted that, I, I just come off the course shooting an 80, and it was probably my second or third round of, of the year. I'm like, okay, I'm shooting 80 now. I'm going to get down to three or four or five index. I'm about to, I'm about to take kick ass and take names and money. So uh, um, I, I make that tweet after I had an incredible round. Um, and Uh-oh. since then, I have not beat a single friend yet. I have not beat a single friend yet. Uh, and I was, I just got off a weekend with all my buddies. Um, and I'm to my, you know, obviously the guys who shoot 73 and 74, I'm not really expecting to beat them anyway, but they were beating me. They were beating me, even giving me strokes. I had one, I had one guy, Ryan Spadola, I used to play with him. Hadn't played, he hadn't played golf, and you know he he lives in Jersey, so he hadn't played, and I don't even know when he played, but uh, he he shot like a 90, 92. Actually, no, no, I shot a ninety one. He shot a freaking eighty eight and beat me. And I'm I'm so I've been kind of, I mean I've been I've been getting drugged up and down the course after that tweet, so I might need That's to. That's like, golf. That's that's golf gold. Do that's what it does. Like, as soon as you just get a little bit overconfident, like man, it knocks you down in a hurry. I mean, it's it's a hard sport. It's addicting. Yeah. You know, I can um, appreciate you know what you were saying about you were an eighteen, <laughs> then a sixteen, then a thirteen, and now you're eight. And as you start seeing that fall, man, you just get the bug, and you know it gets harder and harder. Obviously, as you start getting lower in the handicap. But what's cool about you guys is that you know one guy I helped with and was on the pod about a month ago is Adam Thielen, who you probably know, the receiver at Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings and I help him and you know like I told him I was like man it's so much fun coach athletes because you guys are used to being coached up and you guys are motivated you work at it you put the time in like you guys are hard workers I mean you get it like you understand like the process of how it works to develop technique and things like that so it's just awesome you Mm -hmm. know to see players like Golden Tate Adam Thielen guys like you get into the game and do it so well Um, I mean even you know 8.5 that's a good player the average handicap for a male is 16.1 so I mean you know you're doing you're doing just fine what what nine ten years into the game so you're 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 trimming nicely yeah yeah I, I I like being right around a, a eight to ten handicap because eight to ten can shoot can shoot 70, 78, 79, but he also can shoot yep. ninety and still probably not lose that much money. So <laughs> I, I like being where I am. It's a good spot. I, I'm not sure if I want. I'm not sure if I really want to get down to. I'm gonna four, fight you. Uh, tell you what, you come out here to Ponte Vedra. We'll uh, we'll set you up with some golf and we'll we'll get in a little little tournament here with that ten and make it go to work. Um, quick hitters here for you. Yeah, a couple yeah. quick hitters for that. you here. Driver or three wood off tee? What's the what's the what's the go to? Okay, it's definitely gonna be a driver. Me and my uh, my, okay. my three wood okay. not divorced right now. <laughs> I'm I'm not here. What's no your uh, what's your miss? Right, when you when you make a swing, I mean, obviously you hit a good, all's good, but what's what's the miss that really pisses you off? Oof, my I, I would say okay. my miss is left. Um, it's left. I get I get quick and I just kind of come over the top of it, and that's you know it's 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 duck hooking hard until it hits the ground and probably speeds up and ends up in a bush or the woods. All right, so the hard pull to the left. 
what's the what's the go to around the green? You want to go low, medium, high? What's the trajectory that, that you like? Um, I tend okay. to be a, a, a low hitter. Um, I've been I've been trying to learn how to flop. The flop is just pure confidence. I feel like just trusting yourself. But okay. like a low ball is probably my who, who, who's your guy on tour? You got I mean Rory or Brooks? You got who are you going with there? I mean those those two are kind of going at it. I'm I'm okay. I'm definitely going with Brooks. Brooks okay. is my dog. That's my guy. I, I love that dude. I, I you know what? Uh, since since like going to these tournaments and playing in these celeb ams and and pro ams, I've, I've I've had a chance to meet some really really yes. cool two tour players. Um, you know, just to list off a few, I Ooh. played with the Big Easy, uh, Genesis Open. I played with Keith Mitchell, who's Defending become one of my favorites. Week. Um. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So I'm rooting for him again. Um. Justin Thomas and I are pretty much. Well, I'll say it. We're pretty much best <laughs> friends. I don't know if he knows it, but we're pretty much best friends. No, nah, but we're, we're good buddies. Uh, we both just joined a club in Nashville, one of the Discovery Land properties. What's the name Troubadour. of it? Um, so been, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Troubadour. Yeah. yeah. It, it's gonna be. It's it's awesome. Uh, but anyway, so Kevin Nas, another one of my favorites. I played at Waste Management last year. Um, Brian Gay, I played with him. Yep. U- University of Florida guy. Uh, Bryson. DeChambeau is who I played with this year okay. in waste management. Uh, and that guy is a technician. I mean, I'm, you know, he he is very detailed about his work and he really he's really analytical, which is really, really interesting. Um, it was great to hear some things, hear some tips from him and just kind of hear his perspective. And, um, you know, when we played with him, he was kind of he he was playing very, very fast. So I, I think he, he might be shaking that that, that yeah. rep of being yeah, a no, he's, player. He's so. definitely picking it up for sure. But yeah, that yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I it's been cool just to be so around these guys uh, like? what, you know, what was your what was your observation your take of just taking the whole waste management situation in? i've been to i've been to the masters i've been to Genesis open i've been to tory pines and obviously waste management and i gotta i gotta say yeah it depends on your mood if you're in that get rowdy party mood kind of watch golf but more so party waste management is yeah. your is the place to go and, and and if you're new if you're new to golf and you just like don't know where you stand in golf if you're gonna like it or if you're not gonna like it i think that is a great tournament to go to it's a very big very yep. very big social event it's laid back it's my favorite favorite event you know who who doesn't want to be in arizona and freak what right. was it it's in february in fe- early february where the all you know there's probably 40 seven other states that are freezing cold you know at this point so it's a great environment they do it right the thunderbirds yep. throw a hell of a party um I, I, enjoy, I enjoy playing the course being around just walking hanging with the guys um but i, I, yeah. I, I you can't beat it you know you it's interesting it. like i've been in the sport my whole life you know my family's in the sport um and it's an interesting time for the game because like you look at the waste management phoenix open and it's the most attended event in golf by far i mean it's just crazy attendance and and, but yet the ratings continue to go down on TV. So it's like this, uh, the, the viewer, right, that's watching on TV, probably not impressed with that, you know, style. But then in person, you know, you have this whole generation of people that love it, right? The social aspect of it. So it's this, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of mm-hmm. a changing going on. I mean, I think both can exist in the game. Um, but I personally like the game kind of loosening up a little bit. I love what waste management does. It's a bit over the top. You're used to being in that environment. I mean, every football game to some degrees probably you know has that kind of you know people are you know people are excited right I mean they get into it they're you know like playing in Seattle I mean it's loud and people are passionate and this and that and you kind of get a very small piece of that into the golf environment but you know it'll be interesting to see what goes I hope the game continues to loosen up and do things like that because I think it's good for the game and I think the next generation like you said you're getting into the game it's new it's a great spot to kind of get things started absolutely and uh, 
you know, Travis, I think you also got to just remember, like, the day and time we live in. Like, the only con- only thing consistent in this world right now yeah. is change. The games are all, you know, the game of golf, basketball, football, everything needs to continue to evolve. Um, and so, I, you know, I like what waste management is, is doing. I think it is very, yeah. very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, I don't think you can completely adopt that format as far as like, right. you know, people, you know, on 16, like 16 is, is, yeah. is incredible. It's nuts. And I can see like, I can see like, if you don't have that clutch gene, like me, I, I, I go towards the north. Like I'm okay yeah. with big crowds. And I tend to play better. It seems like, but I, you know, I've seen guys who, you know, for instance, I, I play with a guy at the celeb, uh, the pro-am that, that Wednesday before the, the t- tournament started. And this guy was, he was, I'm talking about, he yeah. might've been one under, you know, he's, he, hitting every green he was hitting every fairway but once he got to 16 the guy duffed it he, he duffed it into the the desert part of yeah. it on 16 in front of all yeah. these folks i was like wow and, then, and literally once he got off that hole he was back to hitting it in the middle so like he just didn't have that question so like i can understand yeah. how nerves and uh, all the different emotions can get to you on, on that hole and because it, it, it's pretty intense and you you put a lot of pressure on yourself i heard john smoltz say one time that the, the most nervous he's ever been was on the first tee of when he was playing in a pro-am and this is a guy that's pitched two game sevens in the world series i was like wow that's a pretty strong statement you know from someone coming from like that yeah. i mean pe- so it's uh pe- people are people ask me all the time you know gt what's what's more nerve wracking like you know hitting this what do you what do you what can you imagine hitting a putt to win the masters or teeing off at the masters or you know catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl and I, without even thinking I'm, I'm saying yeah golfing like anything golf related is more nerve-wracking because it's yeah. so technical like it's, if, if, if your backswing goes you know two degrees outside in or, or, or whatever it is that can mm-hmm. ruin your shot but in football i could i could misstep and still execute my job and still catch it and still make a play or i could be falling down and still catch the ball you, you i mean there's just so yeah. much more room for error in football times than there is golf um so i i, I play in, i play in the lake tahoe event over the last three or four years every year and you know i go into that week like yeah my game i'm feeling good about my game as soon as that first as soon as that friday hits the first round of it it's just like oh you've never <laughs> golfed before like i just my game goes to goes yeah. south real quick that gets better though that gets better so, with yeah. experience you know like you get more comfortable with it and, and um you know it's just uh it's it's just cool like you know that whole tahoe event i think is such a great event and you know that social media has helped a lot of things it's it's helped golf probably more than any other sport because it tells the story of you and adam Thielen and and bob menry like when you guys are tweeting and posting about golf like it's huge for the sport because like my audience loves it they they're they're big golfers and they're all also big football people too but when they're seeing athletes playing the game and getting better it's it's uh that goes a long way so it's uh it's really cool stuff last question for you i know you're busy you've got two kids um i know what it's all like man i got a five and a four year old um so i know how i know how yeah, your uh your hands are full at two and one is that right <laughs> oh yeah yeah my, my son just turned one um let's see two days ago so on tuesday okay so they then, so a little then, little plastic club baby yeah yeah they both they they both have sets they don't know what they're doing uh, i'm just happy they're not hitting each other with it but my daughter my daughter's who's two she tries more to to you know do what i do when hitting the ball um and she makes con- she makes contact her form is you know we got some yeah. we got some time to, to get that right but 
Um, I, you know, I hope my kids, I hope my kids, you know, grow up wanting to play golf because I can see that's that's how we will spend a lot of time. That, well, we will spend a lot of time together regardless, but that'd be a great way for us to bond. And it's something we can do literally until yeah. we die or I die. So, I mean, I, I, I really hope my kids enjoy it. Um, but I'm not, yeah. not going to force it. I'm not going to force it on play? them. Um, hopefully they play? just develop. Yeah, my, okay. my wife plays or she tries to play. My wife is, a, is an athlete, too. Um, she's an athlete. Okay. She's a serious athlete. Um, she, you know, she's she can hit the driver awesome. very, very far. Like she can she can stretch her driver 20 yeah. yards sometimes, which is, to me, I'm like, that's, that is incredible. Um, but when she gets around the green and putting and chipping, that's when, you know, she, she has to work. But she's she's been getting um, lessons from her uncle. Her uncle is a, uh, a, a okay, pro cool. as well. Um, Mike Notes. Mike Notes up in um, okay. San Diego at Stadium, Stadium Golf. So we, we both go up there and, and hit balls and take lessons, and he's helped yeah. her game a whole lot. But the golf is just a lot of it's just like yeah mental just knowing what to, what to do like you know there's so many different shots and if you don't i think i feel like over time you learn like what's the appropriate yeah. shot or what's going to give you the the best chance at you know at parring like you know it's not not every hole that's 40 yards you want right. to hit driver on i mean i think just understanding things like that will help yep. your game no it's true i mean it's uh it's a uh, gosh you know i hate saying but it's a hard game i mean you just you don't want to you don't want to sugarcoat i mean it is it is it can be a difficult game but what's important and I teach by trade for 20 years initially. Uh, but the most important thing is you get into the journey of golf. I always tell people is, look, if you're getting good information, you're putting the right order and you're working on it, you should see improvement. And as long as as long as long you keep your expectations in line with the amount of time you're putting into it, golf's fun. But as soon as like what happens with people when they get like these really high expectations, but they're not putting a lot of time into it and you get that big gap, that's when they get frustrated and they fall out of the game. Um, so as long as you're like, man, this is fun and you're like, working at it getting better he said it's the thing you can do with your family man you can do it for for a long long time your wife sounds like my wife she can hit the driver she gets around the green though and it's like man you start closing your eyes because you don't know you don't know which way she might she very well could hit a putt that could hit someone standing you know off the green kind of deal so <laughs> but i'll tell you what man I, i'm i'm here to help you it's uh if i can do anything for you let me know i appreciate you uh taking the time to come on here i know my listeners um are going to really enjoy this podcast we'll, we'll We'll, we'll see you around at one of these events or if you make it down to the players championship or another event up I bump into it I'll, I'll say hello and uh, all the best next year uh, the New York Giants absolutely thank you so much I really enjoyed okay, being cool. honest with you yep take it all right Charles thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Stripe Show podcast I'm Travis Fulton we'll see you next time <laughs>